In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us a future that He tells us about by giving us a past. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when somebody asks you that awkward question of, hey, will you introduce yourself, or will you say a little bit about yourself, um, uh, you, you can do that in several different ways. And I, I've found recently that the way that I start that conversation, when somebody says, hey, will you write a little bio about yourself, or uh, hey, will you, you speak a little bit about yourself, is that I start with where I was born. And I just recently realized that not everybody does that. And, and it was sort of a shocker to me that, that a lot of people, they, they don't start off that way. They, they don't start off with where they were born. They start off with something else. They, they start off with where they're at right now, and they kind of work backwards, or, or they do something else completely. And so it kind of makes sense that when you, you look at the four different gospel accounts, that, um, that, that there's, there's a, sort of a mix there of the, the different ways that those gospel writers introduce who Jesus is. Now here, obviously, in Luke, Luke is sort of my compadre. Luke starts off with, hey, this is where Jesus was born. And he gives you all sorts of details about where Jesus was born and how he was born and who the governor was and all of that good stuff. But, but then you get Matthew, and, and Matthew tells you where Jesus was born. He gives you a little bit of information about his birth, but it's sort of more as sort of a setup for the wise men showing up. It's kind of like, yeah, he was born, and then wise men. And then you get to Mark, and you know, Mark just completely breezes over it. He, he's like, that, I, I don't even care to include that in my gospel. I'm just going to start off with when he starts his ministry. And then you get John, and John does this weird sort of metaphysical thing where he says, the, the word became flesh, and the word was God, and was, was with God. You know, I, I can't follow John, but that's okay. And, and so, you know, it, it kind of makes sense that there's all these different ways that, that we begin our stories. And and in a lot of ways, the way that we begin our stories when we're talking about ourselves or when we're talking about somebody else is that we we begin our stories with something that we feel is meaningful for our presence or our futures. And and, and so a lot of times the way that we'll we'll start off how we introduce ourselves is is we're actually starting off and and we're sort of building a trajectory. We're we're saying, okay, this is where I'm starting and where I'm starting is going to tell you a little bit about where I feel like I am right now or even where I'm going. And so you have a little bit of that sense with the, the story of, of Jesus here that Luke is trying to paint as he tells us about the birth of Jesus. And he, he's starting to say, hey, there, there's something to Jesus' past here that tells you something well, kind of a, about his, his future. Tells you something about where I'm going with this gospel that I'm writing. So here in, in Luke 2, we, we get quite a bit of where Luke feels Jesus is going with his life. And so the, the question then kind of comes up, well, you know, wh- where do you start your story? And... What does the place where you start your story have to say about where you feel you are right now? Where does that say about where you're going to be in the future? 
And in, in a lot of ways, we, we have these moments. A lot of times, kind of around holidays, like, like around Christmas, around Thanksgiving, around birthdays, uh, we, we'll get these, these sort of things that, that are memories. But, but they're memories that, that maybe aren't really kind of our own memories. They're, they're memories that have been carried by somebody else for us until we can really grasp onto them. So they're like the memories that go like, oh, I remember your first Christmas. And, you know, that, that embarrassing uncle or aunt uh, will start telling the story about your first Christmas and, and how, you know, you did that thing with your diaper and it was hilarious. And you sort of shrink back because you're like, I, I, don't want to, I, I don't want that to be where I am right now in my present. I don't want that to be where I am in my future. But, but those stories, they, those stories say some, some stuff about us. And, and our families a lot of times and our friends are the, the keepers of our stories. They, they're sort of our Luke's. And they keep the stories that they feel are meaningful for them, about who we are. And, and so you, you kind of get into that, that question of, okay, what do people remember about me, and why do they remember that about me? And, and those stories, they, those stories can, can do, do a lot for us. The, those stories can tell us what people think that we're going to be. So, so people can say, you know, I knew that you were going to be a doctor when you. Or I knew that you were going to be an engineer when you. Or I knew that you were going to be a dancer when you. And, and so you get all of the, these stories that people remember and, and they sort of go, uh, those stories are meaningful because they tell me about who you were going to be. And I can sort of trace things back from there to who you are right now. Unfortunately, those stories aren't always good stories. And sometimes you carry those stories yourself. You carry some stories along with you that maybe are stories that tell you that you're, you're not enough. Or you carry stories along with you that tell you that you aren't worthy. Or you carry stories along with you that tell you a whole host of other sort of negative things. And if you're especially unlucky, you have people around you that carry those stories for you as well. And so a lot of times what we really want is just kind of a break from our stories. We, we want a moment that, that says, okay, I, I, I want to be sort of out of this story. I, I want my story to have a different trajectory. I want my story to be something different because this story is set in, in a dark and, and desolate place. And so then we kind of go back to Jesus and, and we go back to Jesus and, you know, you kind of wonder what it was like being Jesus growing up you know, what it was like for him when he was you know, a little kid and he was, you know, kind of searching around in his mom's stuff and he found this stinky frankincense. <laughs> and he was like, Mom, what is this? 
And, and then his mom got into that, that story about the wise men visiting and, hey, hey this is what, you know, uh, what happened then. Or, or what it was like for Jesus to experience that moment when his dad was, you know, telling all of his buddies about that one crazy night in Bethlehem when they were looking all around for different inns and they couldn't find a single one. And then they, he finally talked this guy into letting him stay along with the animals. And that's the night that Jesus was born. And, you know, they had to put him in the manger and you, you kind of wonder, because these are all memories that are being carried forward by other people in Jesus' life. Because, you know, Jesus isn't necessarily remembering these stories himself in, in the way that you remember something right now. Because even Jesus, even the Son of God, when, when he's that age, his, his memory still works like a human's memory. Which means that he needs people like you and me and his parents and the people around him to carry those memories forward if they are going to be held on to. And so you kind of wonder what it was like for Jesus to receive those memories that were carried forward. And you kind of wonder, you know, what, what he thought what he, what he thought when, when he, he found out that he was born along with animals and then put in a feeding trough for those animals. Yeah, you kind of wonder what his thought process was as he was grasping onto that memory himself. Of course, we know a lot of what it means for Jesus to be born in the place where he was born. We know that he was born in Bethlehem because Bethlehem is the royal city of David and it's an allusion to the fact that because Jesus is the adoptive son of Joseph that he is in the line of David, that he's a legitimate heir to the Davidic throne. We know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem because it's a fulfillment of the prophecy of Micah 5, that a great ruler shall come from Bethlehem of Ephrathah. We know all of that. But why was he born in a manger? Well, we know that he was born in a manger in a lot of ways because where he was born, that memory of where he was born for us says something to us about who we are as well as who he is. Because Jesus being born in a manger means that God the Father working from outside of time was coming back and he was leaving clues for Jesus as to who he was going to be for humanity. And this was a very clear sign for Jesus and for us about who he was to be. And God the Father was leaving this sign and he was leaving this sign and he was saying, look, you're going to be an born in a place 
that is dark and desolate. You're going to be born in a place that you are not expected to be in as the Son of God. You're going to be born in this place because it's going to say something about who you are being the Christ. And who you are being the Christ will mean that you will go into the darkest, most desolate places in the world in order to accomplish the salvation of the world. You will go to the darkest and most desolate place in the world in order to accomplish the salvation of the world when you go up on that cross. And so there's a little hint in Jesus' being born in a manger that he's going to have a future, a trajectory that lands him on a cross. And that says something about us. It, It says that we need the kind of rescue that God is offering. We need that kind of rescue that isn't afraid to go into the darkness. We need that kind of rescue that isn't afraid to go into where there is desolation. We need that kind of rescue that we know that God is willing to go in places where he is not expected, but that he will go there because we are there. That's is what it means for Jesus to be born in a manger. That Jesus' being born in a manger means that God is willing to go into the most common of places, a feeding trough for livestock, and to make that common place sacred. And that God will go into the most common place in your life. And that he will make that place sacred. That each and every one of us here are mangers. That he is not refusing to go into but is willingly and gladly going into so that we might experience eternal life with him and that's what we celebrate this christmas that's what we celebrate in the manger that's what we celebrate when we look at that little baby surrounded by all of that hay in all of the different places that we're going to see that and have seen that over this Christmas season, every time you see that, look at that manger. I know it's tempting to just look at the baby, but look around the baby for something different. Look around the baby and see the manger, see the straw, see the hay. Look at that and say, that's me. And that little baby... 
came to me so that he might be found in the midst of me this Christmas. May you this Christmas see yourself as a manger. And may you rejoice that Christ has been laid in you. Amen.